Okay, turn with me to Romans 15. And I'm going to read uh, starting in uh, verse 13, Romans 15. Uh, how many of you here were last week and heard Pastor Andy? Woohoo! Man, what a great message Pastor Andy gave. I'm looking forward to part two of that, which will be next week. I think he tickled everybody with the MORPH acronym. Did a little Transformers. He showed the butterfly. I believe he had two guys up here, right? It was uh, Paul Sayer was up and Ryan. Ryan was the flesh, so I've been teasing him all week about Ryan being the flesh. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say anything to Paul about being the spirit, uh, which was great. But, so I'm looking forward to that next week. So it's kind of Romans again is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so the next two weeks we'll wrap up the series here on Romans, and then believe it or not, in two weeks is Father's Day, I believe. And I feel like the Lord has given me a message uh, for Father's Day. So today is Pentecost Sunday. And for those who don't know exactly what that means... It basically means, uh, it sort of means the number 50. And what it means basically is 50 days, 50 days after Easter, after Jesus rose from the grave, conquered death, conquered sin, conquered all the stuff, paid the price for all the things. When he, when he rose from that, 50 days later, the Holy Spirit fell. And the church was born. And so Pentecost is, and if you know in a bit about the Bible and history of the Bible, Jesus walked the earth for 40 days after his resurrection, before his ascension. So you have Easter, you got 40 days, Jesus meeting with over 500 people, seeing his disciples face to face, all the witnesses of his resurrection, and then he ascended, and so 40 minus, or 50 minus 40 is 10. So for 10 days, the church prayed and prayed, and asked, and Jesus, what he told them, we're going to read this here in a little bit, is that just wait, just wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will come with power, and he will anoint you to do the work that I have called you to go do. And then 10 days after he had ascended into heaven, Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and fell. And we're going to look at that story here a little bit. That's actually an act, so we'll turn there here in a minute. But I just really had the sense to talk about this morning of the power of the Holy Spirit. There is power in the Holy Spirit. So Romans 15, verse 13, says this. Say, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by what? The power of the Holy Spirit. And if you look through the New Testament, when you, there's the Holy Spirit, there's all these descriptive words. Pastor Liz talked a little bit about them. There's wind, there's fire, there's water, there's, you know, light came down like a dove, and all these different descriptive words. But if you look at them and you study them and you see that it really is about power. It's about the, the power that God has and retains is then being transferred through the Holy Spirit into our lives. And it's this power that God has given. So it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're like, man, Lord, I just need some hope. I need peace. I need joy. I need all these things. But we get those as we look to the Holy Spirit to fill us with those very things. Because it's from the power of the Holy Spirit. God fills us with his Holy Spirit. 
He fills us with joy and peace in believing. What? So that we may abound, which means to excel. How many of us want to excel? Not the spreadsheet excel, but like excel in the things that God has called us to go do. We cannot do that without his anointing, without his power to be able to do it. You can't, I mean, you, you can try all you want, but when you have the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit upon you to be able to go do those things. Hope, it says, you know, that he may, you may abound in hope, this expectation, this trust, this confidence in him. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Go down to verse 18. Same, uh, Romans 15, same chapter. It says, for I will not dare to speak any of those things with Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. Verse 19, in mighty signs and wonders, by what? The power of the Spirit of God. So where do signs and wonders come? From the power of the Holy Spirit. How is, any, how is Paul's ministry made possible? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So that from Jerusalem and around about to, to I believe it's, uh, how do you say that word? Illyricum, I believe, yep. And I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. This is Paul's ministry. What he is talking about is he is anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit to do. How many of you know that every one of us, every one of us can have that same anointing? That was on Paul's life. Come on, church. Pentecost made it available that we all can walk in that. And we're going to talk this morning more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I believe it is so important in the believer's life. So important understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I love it. In mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit. Paul's power was from the Holy Spirit. It comes from this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've been listening to a book on, on Audible called Ever Increasing Faith. And it's basically a lot of the writings of Smith Wigglesworth. And it's like excerpts from some of his preaching and some of the stories that he's told and some of the stuff that happened. And do you know that he had asked the Lord the one time, he said, Lord, why did you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? He asked, why, why, why do I have the baptism? Why, Lord, have you blessed me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And the Lord told him it was so that, so that God could perform healing miracles through Smith Wigglesworth's life. And it's what a humbling thing to know that it wasn't Smith Wigglesworth who was seeing people raised. I mean, he was seeing it, but it wasn't him that was doing it. It was the power. He yielded to the power, to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And those signs and wonders and miracles begin to happen right in front of him in his ministry. You say, well, you know, and if, you, if you read about Smith Wigglesworth, I mean, his, this was post-Bible seeing the same miracles that Paul was seeing in the Bible. So to me, that says there is no cessationism. Nothing has ceased in Jesus' name. There's a theology out there that says that the, the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit all ceased. That it was over. And, we're, and somehow we're waiting for Jesus' return to see that come back. And I'm saying in my own experience, in my own life, and what the Bible says, no. No in Jesus' name. 
There is power available. The gifts are available. The Holy Spirit will move in our lives. And the baptism is available to those who will believe and receive what he has for us. So I'm going to read a verse. Go to 1 Tim, or 2 Timothy 1. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1. I'm going to read verse 6 and 7. And I really just... this. This verse really has just been, it's been a theme verse recently in my life, and I've been praying on this a lot over people. And it really was, it's eye-opening when you begin to just look at it and break it down, just in its kind of its elements of what it looks like. Verse 6 says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he's talking about a gift of God, that was given from God through the laying on of hands. And then he begins to explain that gift, to stir that gift up. Do you know that as a Christian, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've received that gift, that you have to stir it up sometimes. How many of you know you got to stir There are days when I, I am not stirring it up, and I need to get it stirred up because there are just things that come against us. There are powers of evil and forces of evil that are coming against us that we have to remember. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I have the baptism in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And I can take some authority in this situation. And I may not know what to pray, but my spirit man knows what to pray. Because my spirit man is connected with God's spirit. And together, those utterances are exactly what needs to be said in exactly the right time. So, so verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, church. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That spirit, that spirit of anxiety, fear, worry, timidity is really what the root word is, was not given to us by God. The world, the news, all the stuff tries to bring upon this spirit of timidity and fear and anxiety. Church, that is not from God. It's very clear. That is not a spirit that comes from God. So if we are feeling and sensing that in any way, what do we have to begin to do? We have to say, okay, no, no, I have the Holy Spirit on the inside. I believe in Jesus. I made him my Lord and Savior. And I've received the baptism. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'll have an opportunity this morning. We're going, to do, we're going to end in a worship song, and I'm going to just invite people up. Whether you're baptized or not baptized yet, you're going to come up, and we're just going to quickly lay hands on you. Because it says it gets transferred through the laying on of hands. Now, there have been people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit without the laying on of hands. One of our daughters was. We were, man, we have, a, we have wonderful stories of our kids being baptized and speaking in tongues. This was, I don't know how old uh, one of our daughters were. We were at a campground. And our oldest daughter, I think, was off with somebody else, and it started to get dark. And the parents, we all kind of started like, they didn't have a phone with them. We didn't know where they were. They were off hiking somewhere, and it started to get dark. Well, the parents, for hours, seven. Okay, the oldest was seven, so the youngest there, I believe. She was nine, and the youngest one was five. Yeah, it was five at the time. And everyone gets up and starts walking around, and we're all starting praying. And then all of a sudden, the four-year-old 
starts speaking and praying in tongues. Come on, church. There is no age here on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not like, well, you know, i got to wait until I'm, you know, 30 when Jesus started his ministry or this or that. You know, the early disciples, they waited 10 days and then there was no more waiting. 10 days and then the waiting was over. And they begin to receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit when I don't know what to pray, I don't know what to do, I'm going to begin to speak in my prayer language because God knows exactly what to do. So here's what God has given us. He has given us power. He has given us love. And he has given us a sound mind. And when I look at that scripture, I just start going, wait a second. Power, first of all, for my spirit man. He's given us power for the spirit man. And if you look at power and love and a sound mind, it covers every area of our life. It covers the whole thing. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. When we have God's anointing by the Holy Spirit on power and love and a sound mind, it goes on every area of our life. So the power is for our spirit man. And the power here, that word, the root word in Greek is dunamis. Everybody knows I love dunamis. I love the word dunamis power. It's the Holy Spirit power for our spirit. The same power that rose Christ in the dead. It's that dunamis power that resides on the inside of us. That baptism of power from the Holy Spirit. It's a power for our spirit man. And you have love. Not just power, but you have love. I believe that love is for our soul. That's where the fruit of the spirit come in. Love, joy, peace, patience. That's all for our soul. How many of us know our soul needs a little love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all the things. All the things. We need that on the inside. How does that come? Through the power of the Holy Spirit as it is affecting and breathing life into our soul. And then it also says, in a sound mind, our bodies, our minds. I know it's kind of leading into what Pastor Andy will talk about last week and what he'll talk about more again next week. But the power of the Holy Spirit transforming our spirit man through power, our soul through love, and our body through our mind. I mean, is that not the perfect gift or what? The Holy Spirit is the perfect gift. It's like there's a lot of, I mean, Jesus dying on the cross and then making the Holy Spirit capable to come is the perfect gift. But if you think about it, it's like now that Jesus has risen, the Holy Spirit is that he said, it's good that I go. It is good that I go so that I can give you this thing. And it wasn't just for the 12 or the 3 or the 70 or the 500 or the early church. It's for today. It is for today. It is for us. It is for you. It is for me. It is for each of us. This power for our spirit, man. This love for our soul. This sound mind. This help of the Holy Spirit for our body. I want you to know, church, that this church was founded by the power of the Holy Spirit. This church has believed in this from the very beginning. We believed in the power of miracles, of signs, of wonders, of healings. And we have been praying as an elder board more and more. We believe that the Lord wants to move more and more to show his power in these areas. And it's interesting is before we even knew... I'm pretty sure it was before we knew, when the Lord had spoken it to me, 
and I wrote an email to the two of these guys saying, I really feel like the Lord wants to move in a miraculous way more in healing power than he has recently in our church. And so that went out before we knew the details of Chucky, before we knew the details of Caleb, before we knew any of this. So it's like the enemy has just fallen right into our hands. Yeah, go ahead, go for it. All this is going to do is show a testimony of God's power, a testimony of God's faithfulness, a testimony of his healing anointing that is going to begin to flow through this church and outside of this church to this area. Bring it on. But here there's also power in us because of the Holy Spirit and what he's done for us. This baptism of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. I'm just going to spend a minute here. I want to read this. Because this power is to overcome timidity and fear and anxiety. And that's all the, that's all the world wants to feed us. So if that's what the world is trying to feed us, I would like to be ready to be able to take care of those things that are coming at me. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. I'm going to start in verse 4. I'm just going to read a little bit down, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 2. It says, The Holy Spirit is promised here. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus speaking before he ascended. But to wait for the promise of the Father. Isn't that beautiful? The Holy Spirit, we talk about it, the Holy Spirit as water, we talk about as fire. We have to remember it's a promise. It's a promise. This gift is a promise to us. Which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Ten to be exact. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Is this it? When the Holy Spirit comes down, is it... Is it over? Is everything going to be taken care of? Are you going to come right back down in like just a few days, set up your kingdom, and we're, this is all going to be great? Well, we know the answer to that was no, not yet. It wasn't 10 days. It's going to be a little longer than that. And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8. But you shall receive power. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and to Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Verse 9 says that when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So the disciples witnessed this. Jesus says, it's good that I go. Then he says, you will have power when the Holy Spirit comes down and comes upon you and then he ascends into heaven and so if you know if you were the early church they did what probably we all would do and they called a prayer meeting those who were there and they just started praying saying okay i can't do anything yet until i get this holy spirit power to come down and they're waiting and they're waiting so flip with me to acts chapter 2 starting in verse 2 it says then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, this is Pentecost Sunday today, we're celebrating that, they were all with one accord in one place. We did not plan this morning 
on any cue sheet. But it's interesting that we had been praying and talking about believing that we are in unity, in one accord, in one accord. We were praying together for something as a church body, as a church family. We were praying with one accord, and we were in this one place. Verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly. God works a lot of times in suddenly. Many times we're in a situation that's not suddenly. There are other times where it is suddenly and he moves. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And I looked at that. Suddenly this power comes as what is a rushing mighty wind. Anybody seen any videos of rushing mighty wind? What's it doing? It's clearing the place out. It's clearing the place out of everything that needs to go. And you think of this baptism of the Holy Spirit. The the word says he does not give us this spirit of timidity or anxiety or of fear, which means as the Holy Spirit comes, it begins to blow that stuff out. Sometimes it's rooted deep and we got to keep blowing it out, keep blowing it out as the Holy Spirit is working and moving. This rushing mighty wind. I wrote down violent. It's violent. It destroys, it wipes out, and so does this power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, then it appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. What do we know about fire? Fire also burns things up too. So a rushing mighty wind and fire clearing the place out, burning up whatever else is left. And verse 4 then says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them. Not some, not a few. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I want you guys to notice something here. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. They were saved. Then God baptized them in the power of the Holy Spirit and then they spoke in tongues. And I want you guys to understand that this morning, when you're coming up here, when you're coming up to get prayer, whether you're already baptized or you're seeking to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're coming up for more of the Spirit in your life. You're coming up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're not coming up for tongues. I think this is where people get mixed up. Tongues is the evidence. It's the sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit in and of itself. And people start getting torqued up. They're getting, well, I don't know how to say it. I don't know what words are going to come out of my mouth. And I'm not sure. And they get all wrapped up in their head. And they just get confused. And what I'm saying this morning is you come up to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the tongues will follow. The tongues will follow. As you submit and yield your spirit to the Holy Spirit, the tongues will follow. My personal experience of being baptized by the Holy Spirit was actually in this church. I was a Christian for many years. I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church that believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just didn't believe it in my heart. I couldn't get it in through my head and into my heart. I just couldn't get it. And I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And Pastor Jim, I came up. Pastor Jim Dumont prayed for me. It's like, you know what, Lord? This is a gift. A gift of power. Are you kidding me? Why am I waiting? Why am I waiting to believe to receive this gift that you have for me? 
And he came up and he laid hands on me and he prayed for me. And I was just like, man, I feel like nothing happened. And he looked at me and he said, oh, it happened all right. It's done. You've received it. And he encouraged me to go and pray every morning. Just get quiet before the Lord and begin to pray. And by Wednesday, I was sitting in our apartment on West 9th Street. I remember that old chair we got, like a, it's like a white chair with like a wood rail. I don't know, it had all those beads on it. I don't know what it was. That thing's long gone. And I was just kneeling there and praying. And tongues just began to rise out of me. And I just begin to speak in another language. I begin to speak in the spirit language as God was giving me utterance. I wasn't like demanding. I wasn't like, come on, let me hear it. And just started trying to make things. It just, it absolutely came flowing out of my mouth. And it's as if I couldn't even stop it. I didn't know what it was, and so I stopped for a while. I was just like, what was that? Right? I mean, have those who are, you're just like, whoa, wait a second. What was that? And what Pastor Jim had told me and what I'm telling you guys is that the next day I just went back again and said, Lord, thank you for the baptism. And I, he just began, then the Lord just began to minister to me. I began to speak in tongues again, began to pray. And it made us to a point where it became a regular occasion and a regular part of my walk with the Lord. And I want that for each and every one of you. But I want you to understand that there's this pattern of being saved, being baptized, and then speaking. And you're coming up this morning for more of the Spirit of God. Amen? Worship team, if you want to come back up. I want you guys, and if you're already baptized, that's fine. Just come up. If you want more of the Spirit of God in your life, if you want to, if you want to stay in your seat, that's fine. Just begin to believe and receive from the Lord. If you've never been baptized by the Holy Spirit, today's the day. Today's the day when we lay hands on you and pray for you. It's going to be short. You're going to receive the baptism. You may be speaking in tongues before you leave here. You may be speaking in tongues tomorrow morning. It may be next week. I don't want you to worry so much about that, but just come and believe and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is available this morning. I want to end with a story that I had saw. Actually, I shared it, uh, I shared it with uh, Pastor Andy. And it was, on, it was a new study that was done on ABC. It was at ABC News, I believe it was. This was like 15, 20 years ago. And it was a story that they actually brought people in. They did a study, a physical study of the baptism of the Holy Spirit on a scientific level. And they hooked this guy up. He was a pastor, a Pentecost pastor who believed in speaking in tongues. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they wired him up. They hooked up his brain. And he began to worship God. He began to sing. And he began to pray. And he began to pray in his spirit language. And here's the interesting thing that they found out scientifically. That the part of the brain that controls our speech and our language was not being used wasn't being used. But a different part of our brain was what was being activated. So it wasn't a language that you and I just make up or come up with, but it was a language from God. It was a language from the Holy Spirit himself. 
After the service is over, I have some information up front for those who want more information on why tongues, why the baptism of the Holy Spirit, why it's so important. I'll have some of those available up here on the front seat. But we're going to sing this last song. This, I think it's, is it Make Room we're doing? We'll dim the lights down if the AV team can dim the lights down. But I want us to just seek more of Him this morning. Pentecost is more of Him. More of the Holy Spirit in our life. The work of this Holy Spirit to endow us with the power necessary to carry out the mission that God has for us as Christians. The power to live out the Great Commission. The power to parent. The power to be an employee. The po- all of it we need by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I love about it, if you continue to read down through Acts chapter 2, the signification of what happens today that we're celebrating on Pentecost is the church was born. The church was born. And Peter, who was in that group, who was baptized by the Holy Spirit, gave a salvation message and gave a message to those who were around. And it says that 3,000 were added to the church that day. And I believe it's due fully, not because of Peter's words, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to sing this song. I just encourage you to come up here. If you just want more of him today, we're going to pray for you. We're going to quickly lay hands on you. But just come up, and I'm going to join you here as we sing this song. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the baptism. Father, we thank you that we can celebrate this amazing Pentecost Sunday, Lord. Thank you for your presence here this morning. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. For those who are, came up for prayer who had not had the evidence of speaking in tongues before, I just encourage you just to, as the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of you, just don't, don't try to stop it. Just let the, let the voice, let the language that the Lord has just begin to come and flow. In fact, even now, as we just maybe sing that one more time or sing that chorus, Let's just worship him just for one more minute here before we close. Lord, we just thank you for today. We worship you, Lord. Give you honor and praise and glory. We love you. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read just a benediction here. If you want more information on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll have some uh, two piles of these mini books up here. Just come up here and grab them. I can give you uh, one of them or one set of uh, the two books. It says this in Romans 16. Now to him who is able, <laughs> to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel 
and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, for obedience to the faith, to God alone, wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. We love you. Uh, There will be a prayer team up here who can pray additional prayers with you if you need any prayer for any reason at all.